Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and we are on our second book topic episode. Uh, for those who have not listened into the first one, the entire purpose of this is we pick a topic and we discuss it. The only requirement is that the topic be book related. Since we are starting our Books Around the World tour, we decided this episode was going to be about diversity in books. So I guess the first thing. I'm going to ask you guys, and I'll have Kim start because I know Sarah will want a moment to think. Is what is you like me stupid? No, mm-hmm. contemplative. Yes, <laughs> thank you. That was a very nice word for that. <laughs> I'm stupid, I suppose. No, no you're not stupid. So anyway. what? What are your guys's like? initial thoughts on diversity in books do you like it do you look for it do you care do you not care general kind of sen- feel sensation opinions about it so before we started all of this meaning the podcast i didn't really i i had no engagement in it whatsoever since we've started this and as we've delved deeper and deeper into diverse books i find that reading standard you know white centric books um particularly white centric male books are uh kind of boring now because you're not getting any of that depth and in heritage and and all of that so that's what i think about it i'm i'm glad that's one of the things i like best about having started this podcast the first being i've started reading again which i pretty much stopped doing and the second being, I am a, a much more diverse reader now. Nice. Okay, good. Positive. Okay, Sarah, complain about diversity in books. I mean, compliment <laughs> diversity in books. Excuse <laughs> Um Well, I mean, for me, I you know, I have mixed feelings, honestly, because... I read books because I am bored, you know? I just want to read something that's going to be interesting. So for to me, unless in the moment I have a specific interest in something, like people are talking about maybe something going on for the deaf community, I might my interest might be piqued, and I might then look for a book that has deaf characters or, you know, involves the deaf experience in like America or whatever you know but typically I just go with whatever plot sounds interesting like I don't look for diversity I just go for plot first if it has diversity it is typically more interesting this is true and so you know all good but I also just feel like a lot of people especially online the people who spend a lot of time online they use diversity in books not like they as authors but like Mm -hmm. readers Mm -hmm. use it as like a morality thing where like they're just reading more and more diverse books to just prove that they are more aware socially conscious and it's like it doesn't mean anything but they use it to like you know have a sense of moral superiority over other people and then they just kind of then bitch and you know pose themselves as being better humans because of it and really it's like sure it is great because 
diversity in books, it will open up your perspective, especially if you're, you know, in the right mindset to be receptive to it. But it doesn't, by default, make you a better person unless you're also, like, allowing it to and, like, changing or coloring how you then interact in the actual real world with real people, if that makes sense. No, no, that totally does. And that's totally valid is I think sometimes people think that reading a diverse book is kind of like a little checklist. Like you can say, oh, I read this. So therefore I'm aware of it now. I understand it fully. And it really can't be something that just like, it's it's not an all-knowing thing. You don't read one book, for the example you gave, in the deaf community, and suddenly you know what it means to be a deaf person. Um, And it sometimes feels like or you know the needs of a deaf person and it does feel like sometimes people are like oh yeah i read this so i know um and uh, as listeners have learned you know i always disclose which i haven't disclosed yet you know we recognize we are three white women um we do hit some diversity boxes obviously there's no way to hit them all but obviously we are women um none of us are christian right sarah i'm looking at you because i i don't I don't think you are. I, I'm nearly positive what? you're atheist. Christian. Christian. You're oh, not you Christian. Christian. I heard question. I was like, I don't know what no. that even means. <laughs> Questioning what? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not Christian. So. Lord. No, I was born atheist and I just stayed that way. <laughs> so we have non-majority religions or not religions that we follow. Um we obviously have regularly pointed out that we are either in the LGBTQ plus community or have family members who are in it. Uh, so obviously there's diversities that we know. I grew up as a third culture kid, which means that I did not grow up in the United States. My formative years were spent overseas. So I actually don't know the American high school experience very well. Um, and I had exposure to other cultures at different points in my life. So we have diversities, um, but just reading about another culture doesn't suddenly make you aware of it, um, particularly if you don't like invest in the time to analyze what you're reading. Um, I did want to ask you a question, Sarah. So you do like the option of having diversity. So you are enjoying like, have you noticed more diverse books as you continue to read in terms of like. What I was trying to ask you, Sarah, is do you like the option of diversity that increases as more and more publishers are making diversity options? I know you said you don't actively seek them out sometimes, but you like having the option. Sure. I mean, you know, like I said, the plot's the biggest thing. So if it sounds interesting. I will definitely read it. And usually I will learn something if it is more geared towards something that's not friggin' white bread. Um, so. <laughs> white bread <laughs> I mean they do kind of all start to get pretty similar after a while if you're reading the same genre by, and they do know, white authors with white characters and it's like you know not not that that's necessarily bad because some people do just have a certain range of things that they want to read over and over again as I do in fanfic but it's always good to have other options yeah so for me Coming into diverse reading, I started reading more diversely in college. Um, I did take a break from reading, but I did find back when I was in college, I was reading literary works. 
which I loved it. I loved the exposure, but the options weren't great. Um, just there wasn't as many publishers, mainstream publishers, dedicating the energy and effort to diversify and have those main characters be diverse. Um, I love now that I don't have to touch a book by a white man if I do not want to. That I can look at science fiction, I can look at fantasy, I can look at historical fiction, horror, gothic, uh, cozy fantasy. You know, I, I, I have options. And in any of those, I can throw a dart and pick up a diverse book. And I like the fact that some of those diverse books have helped me understand myself better. Um, I love sapphic books. And, you know... 10 years ago, I would have had a really hard time finding a sapphic book. I may not have been able to relate to it because that's the other thing is a lot of main publishing back then was a lot of like trauma dumping. Um, and now I get sapphic romance. And honestly, it's my favorite type of romance. <laughs> well, straight romance isn't fun. It's It's like, okay, yeah, they bat their eyes. They hook up. They don't know how to talk to each other. Blah blah blah. So, to you, to you, it's not as to fun me. To you, to me, yeah, yes. Oh no, I'm totally kind of talking from a personal experience, not from like, yeah, like an all assuming. So, I, I have a quick question. Yes, because when I went through college and I did my English, which I didn't major in English, but I took a lot mm -hmm. of English. Um, everything I took was European you know it, that that was just what was available i had very limited choices but when you went to college from what i've heard you you delved hard into a lot of different cultures did you choose that so you sought out those or were those required in your degree um i think only one was required to be a diverse read um i can't say for sure because it's been about 10 years now um However, I very much. Sarah, what is on your forehead? She's trying to stop the alien Toothpaste. from reading okay. her, her brain. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, it's not made of foil, so it wouldn't work. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what it was, so. It's a toothpaste tube. Oh, okay. So oh, it's not even toothpaste. Okay, but it's like, like I a. Thought it was uh, yeah. Duct tape. I thought it was duct tape that you had stuck to your hand. I don't think that's made of foil either. <laughs> it's but it's silver, so it would work. Just go with it. <laughs> okay. Back to the question you Sorry. asked me. <laughs> so I actively sought it out. Um, when I was in college, I did not have an interest in American literature. I still, American literature is not my favorite thing. Um, I like American books. I don't like American literature. So I focus primarily on British literature, which I do not consider diverse. I just want to be clear because um, like it's British literature. <laughs> but I had the option to read different books. I did South America or Central America, South Central America. I did Middle Eastern and I did China. So those were the ones that I had the chance to do. <laughs> um, I also had other classes that were not traditional, like, English classes. So, for example, I got to do a class on uncanny literature, which is my favorite thing ever. Um, I got to do a really weird but cool one 
examining football in literature, which was diverse. I did not. Yes. American football, to be clear. Yeah, American football, to be clear. But I had the opportunity to look at how American football was used in literature, um, starting with newspapers back in the early 1900s, late 1800s, going all the way up to the modern day. Uh, you know, looking at it when how it was used in Vietnam, how football changed, you know, how they've used literature in order to change things about the sport. So, for example, the need for helmets and stuff was a lot of that was due to uh, literature that was being written about American football that was bringing the experience that these players were having and the traumas that they were having to the forefront and making the general populace aware of them. Um. And that was diverse for me. I didn't, I, I did not grow up in the United States. So I did not like football. I don't even think my high school had a football team. Mine didn't either. I do not believe yours did. Your school so, you didn't know, have a high school, a football team? Nope. That's funny because Martin's didn't either. How did Sarah that, I mean, that went pretty... to kind of a quirky school like Martin did? Yeah, it was like a yeah. technology and drama magnet school. Oh, that's. So that's yeah. what Martin went to also. <laughs> yeah. Did we go to the same school? No. We did not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, I didn't grow up in a football culture. Um, so it was kind of fun. I got to learn about American football in a way that I didn't understand it before and from a perspective that I didn't understand it from before. Uh, I also it, had the chance. Doesn't your huh? dad watch football? That doesn't mean I knew football. They didn't force me to watch I was football. Say, it's actually kind of funny because her her dad was like first team all all state um uh and massive football fan. So I was gonna say you're welcome because I made sure you didn't have to grow up um inundated with sports, which is the way I was raised. Yeah. Um, and I hate absolutely hated it. That was my I mean, to this day, my mother still that is all she enjoys watching on TV. That and family feud for whatever bloody reason. I will say, I find literature about football way more interesting than football. (laughs) (laughs) Give me personal triumph, you know, sideline drama any day and I will happily read that. Uh, Watching football, I'm like, okay, they're passing the ball back and forth. Cool. Uh, That doesn't really happen in football, but okay. I know. I'm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, anyway. I also had the opportunity. To, oh, did I lose you guys? No. Oops. Okay. Good. Did she freeze? Or... Me? Oh, no, yeah, I'm back. Her, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to read graphic novels, and I got exposed to graphic novels as literature, which really opened my eyes. Um, and it's turned me into a very big advocate at the library when I have kids who their interest is graphic novels. I'm going to go up to bat for them every single time and kind of explain to their parents why it's a good thing that they were at least reading those graphic novels. Um, and so, yeah, that was my my experience of diversity in college. But oh, and then I was reading I was doing a lot of uh screenwriting and film classes that were under the English department. Um, But all of that, I actively sought out. It was not required by my degree. They had like filler options and I chose to fill all those options with that. Um, That was the answer that I was looking for. (laughs) I'm sorry. Would you like me to retract that answer? No, 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 no. You can just cut that out in editing. (laughs) Yeah, okay. 
But yeah. And now I force you guys to experience diversity. Oh, forces too. We get to. Oh, she's buffering again. No, <laughs> I'm glaring at Murphy. Okay, now that I'm done with technical difficulties. So And this is this is a sensitive topic and you know listeners I'm going to say we're we're not going to we're not going to have an a, like an all-knowing answer to this. This is more just kind of an open discussion. Um do you guys feel that it is important that diversity be written from the perspective of someone in that culture, life experience, whatever you want to say? I mean in terms of like whatever they identify as. Would you like to start, Sarah? Or would you like him to start? Uh, I can start. Um, okay. I mean, I think that those stories told by individuals who identify that way should carry more weight and authenticity. But I don't think it should be limited to those individuals only, especially if you're part of a group that's very, very small. Um, you know, and you're just expected to write your own representation. But if you're not a writer, if there aren't really many other people there that you know in your group that are not keen on writing it because they don't have time they don't have the interest what have you then you just don't see yourself in a in a story anywhere so it's like it just it puts a lot of burden especially on the smaller groups that they just won't be represented unless they take care of it themselves and again like i said obviously the viewpoint of someone from that group is going to be or should count for more like, you know, own voices and all that. But I don't think that it should be restricted only to them if it's well-researched and if the author handles it properly um, with the right, you know, sort of care. Um, yeah, I just, uh, that's that's how I feel about it. Oh, no, that actually, you know, that was very well thought out and I... I liked your answer on that. You're kind of like looking at it from both sides. I do have a curious theoretical for you and only because this actually has been coming up on social media. So there, and I'm not going to name who the person is. Um, those who are on book talk are aware of what it is. Uh, there is a person who is working on writing a book and they are per self-identification, white female. And they have decided to write a fantasy book where it has dragons as the overlord like community. And then the white or not the white people, sorry, the humans are suppressed and they are wanting to use like indigenous correction schools, all that kind of stuff as their inspiration for how those humans are then oppressed. What are your thoughts on that kind of thing? So, I have a thought on it, because if you're going to use... The difficulty I would find in that very specific scenario is the fact that um, a lot of what we know of what happened in those schools um, is actually from um like verbal storytelling it's it, it's not documented because the governments didn't want it documented um so unless 
they this writer is able to access directly someone to uh, interview and to maybe do a sensitivity read on it. Um, I I think um, it's it's a fraught situation because they're going to be speculating on what was done based on mythology rather than actually discussing it with people who endured it um, or even, you know, had family members that endured. Because we're now getting to where it's probably grandparents that were actually in the schools yeah. at this point. Um, so that, to me, is a very fraught situation. Doesn't mean it's a situation that can't work, mm-hmm. um, but but God tread very 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 carefully yeah you're, you're yeah i you're mean honestly, diving into something that's pretty intense that almost feels like it's just i mean it's very dicey and obviously it's that author's choice to put themselves in that position where they are going to be under a lot of scrutiny and judgment from people so and they are getting a lot like, of scrutiny and judgment it feels like they're kind of doing it for attention to be honest um I don't, I mean, I'm sure that they, I don't know who they are. I, this is the first time I've heard of it. Um, I know, I know. This is, That's why I was kind of curious on your opinion, because I'm sure kids sure come people. across like, it. Actually, I have no I idea who they actually. are. They could be the worst. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just, it almost feels like they're poking the hornet's nest on purpose, but I don't know. I don't know them. Well, and person. it seems to me um, that they're using what is prominent in indigenous culture right now for their own gain um because this is something that is 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 very raw um for indigenous people in canada and the united states um right now and so it's um it seems very self-serving and 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 i especially we have read a lot of indigenous writers and there are fabulous indigenous writers out there that could that could serve this a lot better i mean and we're reading probably, one right now yeah i know i know and our pro and i, I was to say and and are probably already working on their their own take on alternate universes which is what kind of what we're working on right now yeah. um and their own take on it all and so it, i don't think right now um, a white person has a voice in this, and I don't think they sh- they should. So, what my thought is on it, because um, I you know put this theoretical forward, so I should answer it, is that diversity from white authors, or even diversity outside of your own culture, because it 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 goes further than that. Just diversity outside of your own culture is great. However, it is not your place to take on the trauma of others. Um. And definitely, I, I I see it all the time. I, I think sensitivity readers are key. However, I also think compensate your sensitive re- sensitivity readers. Because a lot of the times these cultures and these individuals won't get compensated. Um, and this is something that's come up in my library school as well, is the idea of, okay, well, we'd like to bring in, you know, someone of the indigenous culture to review these artifacts or look at them or assess these things. You then need to make sure that they're getting compensated for their time. Um you know, they're taking the time to help you. You need to make sure that they are solid as well. And I think sensitivity readers should be compensated. One, because it means that they are getting a monetary value 
for their time and effort. It means that they can be honest with their input because they're treating it as a job or work. Um, and you should have more than one, ideally. Ideally. Obviously, so there's some independent people publishing that's not as easy, but you should still have sensitivity readers and find a way to, like, maybe if they read yours, you'll read theirs, you know, back and forth. But uh, my take is very much that the traumas of a culture or an identity are not fodder for your book. Mm-hmm. Represent yeah. them. But not their trauma. I don't, I just don't think that someone can really capture that pain or that, you know, uh, trauma. Trauma, yeah. If they haven't lived it or, you know, directly know people who have lived it um, that hasn't actually colored their experience. Um, That is. And you shouldn't be making money off of somebody else's trauma. Let's let's be realistic. That's well, and then fantasizing this is um, feels kind of like you're I don't romanticizing know, it, romanticizing it, or uh, infantilizing it. I can't think of how to say that word properly at the exact this you exact said it moment. Right. But okay, yeah, infantilize in that, yeah. Not that I think fantasy is always that way, but fantasy has a tendency to run that way as far especially as... Especially if it's YA. Yeah, especially. Where it gets really reduced um, down just mm-hmm. to yeah. basics. And, and yeah, base, exactly. Makes it very basic. And this is a... God, it's complex. I mean, because mm-hmm. they were gaslit their entire existence. This isn't happening. Your children aren't disappearing, you know. Yeah. Um, and... You know, or slavery. Slavery would be another example of something that you yeah, just you exactly. should not be writing that trauma, because um, yeah. you don't you didn't experience it. Uh, writing, I think you know the experience of being an LGBTQ plus person. If you want to write male lover, male lover, Achillean sapphic, that's fine. But if you're going to include the traumas that people in that community have experienced, and you're not part of that community, uh rethink it I, I don't think you need to be discussing their traumas you know don't don't give one of your men aids um yeah <laughs> and write some like tragedy thing if you don't know someone in that community who can sensitivity read it for you um <laughs> is my thought uh yeah. especially I, I think one example i can think of is uh we've been reading a lot of trans authors and we've been reading their works and there is a lot more nuance to that experience that until we started reading them, I wasn't as aware of. Um, and I think those nuances, if it was being written by a white man would not be meaning if the white man was not trans himself, I want to clarify uh, a, a cis cisgendered white man might be missed. Um, just cause there is trauma there. There are experiences there that if you haven't lived them, you're not going to... Well, and then the, and the, the true basic knowledge, when we're talking specifically about trans, of you are not in the correct body. Um, I, can, I can conceptualize that, but I can't empathize with it. It's impossible. Yeah. It's not something I'm experiencing. Um, and so that that is absolutely impossible for anyone who is not trans to truly understand. Yeah. So like an example would be is is if you want 
if you want to have your main character in love with someone who's trans, perfect. That's fine. Include that diversity. Include that experience. However, don't try to put yourself in that trans character's head and project what that trauma would be for that person. You know, like you can include them, but don't don't make money off of their trauma is what my thought is. I got to pause this real quick. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, I tried the Illyrian warrior coffee today. <laughs> Illyrian warrior coffee? Okay, so there is a... Someone posted a video about a Starbucks drink recommendation that someone made based off of the Illyrian warriors, which would be from Sarah J. Mass. Mm. Um and this person was like, I can't try it. It's too much caffeine. I don't have that much caffeine later in the day. And I was like, oh, this actually sounds like pretty close to my regular order. Let me try it. I ordered it today. Um, it it So n- normally it would be a grande from Starbucks with four shots of blonde espresso, which if you don't know, blonde espresso has more caffeine than regular espresso. Then it has a splash of oat <laughs> milk, a sweet salty cold foam topping and then either white mocha or dark caramel flavoring mixed in Um, so i did a venti with five shots which is what i normally get anyways like it's not too much of an increase in caffeine um and then i did the salted caramel foam top and then the white mocha because i forgot it was dark caramel i thought it was dark mocha and i was like oh i don't want salted caramel with dark mocha um but yeah, so coffee. <laughs> okay, thanks for sharing. You're welcome. I know both of you are going to run out and try it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right before I go to bed. <laughs> I can just sit here all night and stare off into the darkness. Listen, I got to get through a library day. <laughs> it does the trick. Okay. okay. Yes, I'm trying to remember now what else I was thinking we could talk about. Um, so, how do you feel then about the book we just read, which was All the White Spaces? Because that featured a trans male narrator, but it was written by a woman who I I don't believe, or not. Why did you stop? Oh, okay. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> okay. Um, so... What I will say is that author did a really good job of not falling into the traumas of being trans. Do I think it was the best trans representation we've had? No. But there was no discussion about, you know, body dysphoria or um, there wasn't time spent on people finding out that that character wasn't really male and, you know, having consequences of people disliking them for it and stuff. That author actually, I think, did a pretty good job of navigating away from the traumas um so i think that's an ex- excellent example of writing with representation while not you know using the trauma to make profit do you guys agree did you feel like the trauma was in that book or not at all um i don't think there was trauma in the book i think you can also look at it and we kind of talked i kind of talked about it when we had our discussion um in that it was also reflective of a time period and women wanting a different life. And, and the only way to obtain that is to hide into male society. 
Um, yeah. Now, do I, I think this character was most assuredly trans um, because there was the discussion about the body being, you know, the mind and the body not really quite meshing together. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I don't. Yeah. I just read her biography. Um, there's no mention of family in it. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no mention of um, gender identification. Yeah, other than they uh, so, they identify as female. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Other than not, that, it doesn't really talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? What did you think of it? Do you think it succeeds at what we think would be a reasonable kind of what we've outlined so far? Or do you think it failed at it? That was really big way of asking I, the question. Um, I know. I as it was coming out, I was like, your own question trans back at, representation? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing your question back at you. What were your feelings? Uh, I like your shirt. No, I mean like my shirt. Yes. Oh, okay. For those who can't see it, it's a skeleton and it's booping a black cat's nose. Um, skeleton yes, hand. Let yeah. Me show everyone who can't see it. Yeah, I love that shirt. That is so freaking cute. Okay, anyways, go ahead, Sarah. Answer the question. I I had it in my head, and I'm just trying to get the words back into formation. Um, my brain. No, I I liked it. I thought it it was a good example of someone who may not identify as that type of community writing yeah like may not identify in that community but they're creating a very like well-fleshed realistic character that definitely feels like that would be an accurate obviously early 1900s we don't really know there's also that historical aspect that kind of helps it um yeah. but no I, I thought it was a a good job that's the kind of like representation where it's a main character so it's not just like someone sideline being like mm -hmm. and there's our token trans rep <laughs> look at them anyway back to these characters <laughs> um oh man yeah no i i did like how it was handled in that book i thought the author did a good job okay uh let's see here i'm trying to think of other questions to ask you guys i think we've been at this about a half an hour I, i'm gonna give it just like a little bit more for buffering um <laughs> like trimming down um yeah, okay so what this is a really weird question what is your favorite kind of diversity to read do you have a favorite kind of diversity i should ask uh yeah i do okay what's yours mine is specifically and i i well i kind of know why but it's like coming of age with like queer men I know that sounds weird, but like, because do I'm you not a queer feel man, comfortable disclosing why you can relate to it or why you enjoy it? It's just, and I don't know, maybe it would be the same with queer females. It's just, I have never read a book with a female character that I really identified with. Like, it just, it doesn't click for me for whatever reason. Um, and so I don't know why, but like, and maybe it's just the way they focus on them too. Like, I feel like the the sapphic books I've read or like books with queer women they don't really they haven't focused so much on like the queer aspect it's just 
a female character who she already is aware that she likes other girls. There's a girl. She's going for that one. Or, you know, some other sort of meet cute sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And that's fine. It's just it doesn't do anything for me. But, like, the stories with, like, the queer men, it, oftentimes it focuses on them, like, realizing that they are different, kind of struggling with that, and just eventually coming to terms with it and then like kind of I don't know how to phrase it other than saying updating their identity in their head which is obviously yeah. not the normal human <laughs> let me wording that. let me download this update <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, I don't know. yes just, I think it's a really yeah. good way to say it I'm I'm Sarah 2.0 <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like for me now with a queer patch yeah <laughs> sorry go ahead like going through high school and going through college and all and kind of not realizing but then realizing that there was something different about how I was like perceiving the world that it was not the same experience as all the straight people around me it just you know so something about those specific books have always resonated and I have an intense like emotional reaction with them usually that's just absent in other books so yeah and and I will say in terms of people who I have known you are not a girly girl like no like there is nothing I can't even think of one thing that I would say is like a girly girl focus for you I was a horse girl when I was growing up that's not really like I mean I guess that's a girly girl but like I don't know. It depends on what kind it's, of horse girl you were. Do you, yeah, do you want to know something, too? It's like, my mom wanted to have a daughter specifically because she wanted to have a child that she could dress up in, like, dresses and stuff and, and do, like, curly hair. And so there are pictures of me when I'm very young in dresses and curly hair, but I hated it as a child. Like, as soon as I was old enough to, like, put a stop to that, like, <laughs> I did. So that, I'm sorry, mom, but See, my mom had the the reverse problem. She wanted a boy. (laughs) And she ended up with two girls first. And had no interest in doing the girly girl. I think the closest we got to it was that my aunt used to help her get dresses from a company she worked from. And so me and my sister would be dressed in matching dresses for, like, photos and stuff. But that's only because it wasn't expensive. No, 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 no. Not for (laughs) photos and stuff. You were dressed matching every damn day day. But that's because it wasn't expensive, not because my mom sought to make us matchy matchy. Yeah, no, no, no. No. <laughs> she got no pleasure from it. It was practical. Well, and you guys would want to wear the same, you know, if I pulled out one dress for one of you, the other one would want the same dress because you you all you both knew you had each other's the same dresses, just yeah. in different sizes to fit you. Yeah. Um, no, I wanted, I wanted the boy so I could dress because I love dressing men. Um, it's weird. <laughs> I have a thing for it. I'm good at it. Um, I dressed my brother and he's eight years older than me. You know, I, I was like, you, you need to buy that sweater, the, those jeans, that, you know, that shirt. Um, and he'll tell you, I, I did all through his, um, high school and well, not probably not high school. Cause I am eight years younger than him. Um, college, college. and, and and when he was, because he taught at my high school, um, when he was teaching, I, I, I dressed him. So, yeah. <laughs> and I did the same thing with Martin. And uh, yeah, but she, she I, never I, had an I'm interest in the girly girls. Sex. 
Yeah, no. no, I didn't want to dress up the girls. That's dressing up the girls is, is yeah. <laughs> I would have to actually like dresses in order for it to be a thing. So, oh man, I yeah. like women. I hate women's clothing. I absolutely hate women's clothing. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, my mom was the exact opposite of your mom in terms of yeah. desires and preferences. Um, but yeah, you're not you're not girly. So it totally makes sense to me that you enjoy reading characters that doesn't have anything girly about them or not a lot of girliness i mean obviously there are some male characters that have some girly interests and that's totally cool totally fine um but you yourself i would never classify as anything you're interested in as girly girly um i i think the closest (laughs) the closest you get is when you love particular actors um that's the closest you get (laughs) but it's even then you don't you're not you're not sitting here calling oscar isaac's daddy so like it's not even on the same level as most women do it (laughs) did you know that was a thing i'm not surprised and pedro pascal they they call him daddy yeah it's 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 a thing that some women do daddy yeah pedro pascal is yes um not isaac oscar isaac oscar isaac is i don't know what he is daddy's best friend i don't know i don't know it would require me to be on that side of things and Mm. it only comes up because i like the mandalorian not because i yeah like pedro pascal or anything like that in that capacity um but that's the closest you get is when you love your your certain male actors like you do adore them and that's the Mm -hmm. girliest like that's the most girly you get but even that i think you you like the the maleness of them not the you're not attracted to them in like 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 you want them for yourself (laughs) oh no i wouldn't at all but aesthetically they're just nice but i think a lot of women do they they want them because they want them for themselves not because they like the masculinity or the the characters that they portray so yeah yeah Um, a different take you just like them for the aesthetic Others want to touch them and you're no touchy. No touchy. No, that would be really weird. It would be. It would be. Anyways, not not to ick on somebody else others yum. Um what about you, Kim? What diversity do you like? Like what is what have you found yourself drawn to more and more as we continue to read things? All of it. Um <laughs> No, and I, and, I feel and like I you take the indigenous that. stuff really. I do. You do. I, I was, I was, I was going to say it, then not going to say it, then going to say it, then not going to say it. I was like, this is just, this, this is just getting too obsessive on my part. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm really drawn to the indigenous. Um, and I've already started reading our next book, and and I'm really oh, me too. It so far. Yeah, it's still coming to my library, so I haven't been able to pick it up yet. Mm. Oh no, it's it's going to be a fast yeah. read for it. It's It'll a, be yeah. soon. It's it's been yeah. in the mail for five days. It usually doesn't take much longer to arrive. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, um, it'll be once you get it, it'll be a fast read. It doesn't. It's not a slow read. Um, but I don't know how much of that is. Um, God, I've got to stop looking at these Legos because I keep finding where I have them not matched up properly and it's driving my brain crazy. Don't um, look at them. We're talking. I know. It's more, I like the the way the stories unfold. I like the, and I've said this in the past, the sound of them, whether I'm listening to them or reading them, it, 
They just, they have a rhythm to them that I really like. Um, That's what I was going to say is, is you actually like how different the formatting is when it comes to indigenous stories. Um, They don't, a lot of them aren't told the same way white centric stories are. Um, And that seems to be what you're drawn to. Not so much that you're drawn to like, exploring their trauma you very much like the storytelling yeah you like how the story is told yeah so yeah um and then i guess i should answer this myself and there are two things that i really like when it comes to diversity uh as i said i really like sapphic romance um i thoroughly enjoy that however i don't really know because i'm i identify as pansexual so i don't really know if that's really diverse other than i've not been in a sapphic relationship myself but i don't know if that really counts as diversity if my community is actually that community um so diversity outside of myself i really love when books show me other cultures um so for example recently i read a romance that was actually a straight romance uh but it took place in canada and was how do i explain this it was a second chance romance set in a muslim indian community and the community was having a comic con style kind of like get together but to celebrate muslim culture um and so it was really cool because like it talked a lot about different types of chai tea because it was not chai tea chai different types of chai chai tea <laughs> is tt uh <laughs> have you seen across the universe then no i've seen the references to that though across the spider verse actually yeah <laughs> across the universe is a beatles movie <laughs> i know no but i i know i've seen the references to it um anyways so they talk about different types of chai in the book they talk about like the prayers the romance the families you know i just i enjoy when we get to see like the little minutia details that if it was a white person writing it uh they may not pick up on they may not know um so i thoroughly enjoy when books show different cultures and like just the the little things i love the little details um try to think is there anything else you guys want to talk about in terms of book diversity are you guys excited for the around the world? I mean, it's kind of slightly different than any diversity we've done so far. I mean, some of my books sound interesting. Others were picked more under duress because there weren't better options. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to it too forward to it as well because i feel like we all try to not go towards the typical norm of diverse readings um you know we tried not to do just literary picks that might be ones that people have discussed in high school and stuff we tried not to you know go with the obvious of going with the british for europe um or, you know, the French for Europe. We tried to find smaller countries. You know, we've done a lot of books about China, so we opted to not have China included. So I'm kind of curious because we're going to be looking at things that we haven't had the chance to look at. Um, although some authors we have read before. Uh, so I am kind of excited to see how those authors represent cultures that we haven't seen them do yet. So, yeah. Any other final thoughts? 
Okay. So our next book topic is going to be, that is the wrong screen. Let's see here. Big five. What? Yeah, the big five. Thank you. Uh, I don't so even next... know what that means, but I saw it on the schedule. I was like, I don't know what that is. The publishing oh, companies. The publishing um, companies. So we're going to be talking about mainstream publishing. I know it's going to be a lot more like history and facts for that one. Um, Amber's going to do her research and then give I'm us I'm going to do my research. Of- yeah, and you guys are going to react. Um, <laughs> but I feel like people regularly talk about the big five, but unless you've studied them, you, you didn't know who they were, Sarah. I'm sure you cannot name one big five company. The Penguin Book. Yes, Penguin House is part Random of House. Penguin Random House or something. Yeah, Maybe. Penguin Random House. They used to be separate yeah. and they're now together. We'll be covering that in the topic. Uh, can you name any other ones? Simon and Schuster. Yes, but I can't remember if they're under someone or not. Kim, did you have I don't one? Believe so. Macmillan. Yep, Macmillan. Uh, no, I think I Simon and. I think Simon Schuster is under someone, but I can't remember who. I'll be doing research on that to confirm. Uh, another one is HarperCollins. I think Simon is under Schuster. Uh, I thought yeah. that was a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. I didn't hear it. I said, I bet Simon's under Schuster. Oh. <laughs> I took that very, very sexual, and so I was like, uh-huh. It was intended to be. It's like, oh, sounds like a book I would read. <laughs> Uh, too funny anyways anyway. i will be doing but yeah harper collins is another one um i want to say simon and schuster is under Har- harper collins but i'm not sure anyways that's for next time <laughs> sarah made a face <laughs> she's still thinking about the joke uh on that note our intro and outro music is by grant newman and is called the battle of the nile from epidemic sound don't forget to like rate and subscribe to book pile banter on spotify amazon music itunes or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts we'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms such as instagram or tiktok you can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter you can support us on bookshop.org our link is available via our social media you can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you <laughs>